0: Welcome to Squawk. My name is Luke, and I'm going to upgrade who's with me today. Rather than just being a guest, I'm going to go ahead and call him my co-host, because he has gone beyond the normal responsibilities of a guest. He's contributed so much, and he's here with me every single week, so I'm going to say my co-host Dr. Brian
1: Nixon. Well, that's very kind of you. And thank you for the advancement.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, he was with me. He has been with me since the inaugural episode of this. And so it's a fitting title and it probably should have been there sooner. Oh. So I very much appreciate his contribution. And Daniel, of course, our sound engineer, being as faithful as he has been with us every episode, with a couple of exceptions where we've had a couple other folks step in. But been with us from the beginning. That being said, if you don't already know, Squawk stands for Student Questions at Calvary College. And again, it's not that only students at Calvary College can ask questions, but that people who staff Calvary College, such as Brian and myself and Pastor Nelson, who's also been on the show before, were able to answer those questions for students. So that being said, our format is we roll a die, we go to our list and we find out what are we going to be talking about
1: today? That's right. And, and Luke, you may want to let our listening audience know that this is season one. Ah, oh, that's true. Around the corner, um, we'll start season two with the new semester.
0: Exactly right. I'm grateful you brought that up. There's actually two other things I need to mention. One, if you haven't already looked at spring enrollment for Calvary College and you're interested, now is the time to do it. Go to calvarychurchcollege.com calvarychurchcollege.com and you'll see an option to apply that'll give you an option to look at the course offerings we have as well as if you wish fill out that application and join us in spring either online or on site now is the time to do that secondly as you mentioned Brian we are breaking these podcasts up into semester seasons so this will run roughly 16 weeks right along with the semester we'll have a break and then we're going to come right back to it beginning of January, 2023. We start classes January 9th for Calvary college this year, and we'll start our podcast in the same general time frame. Mm-hmm. and you'll see it on there. It'll say season two and we'll have even more and new and exciting content and maybe even some new format tweaks Ooh. as we go along to find out what else we can include. Now, other than that, I did have something else that was pretty exciting, Brian, that I was looking at the, the system that we use to push our podcast out mm-hmm. is Transistor. And they're just a great platform, but they have some analytics on the side. So I popped in there today and I noticed that we have gathered a couple of additional countries in the people that are listening to our podcast. That's fantastic. If you remember, we announced we sort of made a big announcement about Australia. Mm-hmm. When that happened, we had a couple downloads from there and that started several weeks ago, and now we have downloads in Netherlands and the United Kingdom.
1: Well, to our friends abroad who are listening, Australia, the United Kingdom and the Netherlands. Thank you for listening. That's a, it's a big blessing on our on our behalf to be able to share Um, this time with the listeners.
0: Absolutely. And for those of you who are asking questions, don't forget that that's the base material that we're using. Your question is being answered for the benefit of people that are way far away from us all across the world who apparently have the same questions that you do. So again, don't forget to send us questions. We love to answer them.
1: Let me just say one other thing, that we are recording this episode at the beginning of the world cup. And so it's kind of fun that Australia has progressed, United States have progressed, right. the UK has progressed and the Netherlands have all progressed to the <laughs> second to the second wave. Sadly for our Netherlands listeners, uh, United States plays the Netherlands, but uh Netherlands are a great club, so it's going to be really tough for the United States.
0: Right? Right? That's always a big And very popular sport in almost everywhere. It's becoming more and more popular in the United States. Oh, I'm a fan, so. Yeah, I I played intramural soccer when I was in college and absolutely loved it. We had some guys from Brazil. We had some folks, West Africa. They were just amazing players. Yeah, uh, it's great, 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 beautiful game. All right, to the die. Here we go. I don't
1: think we've ever seen that one before. Is that a two? It's a two. That is a two. It may be our first two, but maybe it's our second two.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the question we have, oh, I can't help doing it, but I always say it's a good question because we've gotten such excellent questions. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and is it for today?
1: Mm, Great question. Well, like most things, Luke, we have to step back and say with our humble hermeneutic that there are different opinions and there's different... Um, interpretations of the text. Um, some people would liken the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be the moment you became a Christian. So, the moment you received Christ as your your Savior, you were endowed with the Holy Spirit, and so you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's on one side. On the 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 far extreme side, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is this, you know, ongoing on and off relationship, if you will, with the Holy Spirit, kind of you could lose the power and then regain it and lose it and so on and so forth. So those tend to be the two extremes. Where Calvary, college, stands in the middle of this is, you know, what's been called the biblicist view or the, you know, the the, the balanced view, whatever you want to call it. But essentially, when we look at Scripture, we see that the believer has three Major relationships with the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And those relationships are, um, designated by three Greek prepositions used, um, in, in describing that, that relationship. The first is the preposition with. So the Holy Spirit is with a person even prior to becoming a Christian. He's coming alongside. He's wooing us. He's he's convicting the world of of sin, of unrighteousness, and so on and so forth. It's basically saying, hey, guys, hello, hello. You need need Christ. You guys need to turn from your own ways. You can't earn your salvation. You can't do anything on your own. What you need to do is turn to Christ. So he's with us. He's wooing us. He's, He's calling us. Then the second preposition that is used is the word, in, and that is the moment when the believer stops and goes, "Yeah, I, I guess I can't, you know, work my way to heaven, and I can't figure this out on my own. I, I really do need to receive Christ as Lord and Savior." Now,
0: just a brief thing. You said the believer. I think you meant the unbeliever
1: in the first one, the unbeliever. But, but the second one is when they receive, and He comes in their life, and they become a believer. Yeah, perfect. So I good, just good, to make good sure. clarification. So they, they receive the Holy Spirit and they become a believer. So the Holy Spirit's with, then he's in, and then the third is what we would call the upon experience. And that's the empowerment for witnessing to, to be a bold witness in the world for Christ. And that's not that the Holy Spirit leaves you and then he comes back, but that's basically a, a separate endowment of just of a boldness of just saying, Lord, I need you. And it, it probably could be a combination of, you know, the Holy Spirit just stirring up my own heart and emotions to 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 get something done, to, to, to be a more effective witness in the world. But that traditionally is where calvaries have fallen within this framework so he's with he's in and he's upon with could be with believers or not non-believers he's in that's when you become a believer what we would call justification you become born again you're saved and then he's upon, and that's that in special endowment where you are poised, if you will, to be a, a greater witness in the world. You know, where the Holy, you know, maybe the, the idea is just, maybe we're just more aware of the presence and the more of the leading of the Holy Spirit yeah. as, as we're, we're being a witness where it's like, wow. I didn't expect that at all, but that door opened wide. You know, God sure must be doing something amazing, and I'm just walking in the Spirit, so I'm being led of it. So maybe it's just a greater awareness. Again, I know there's a lot of debate, discussion about, you know, these type of things, but that's really what it is traditionally. So historically, where people have have started the debate, the discussion, if you will, is the difference really between... That first, mo- that second uh, preposition in, and then the third preposition upon. So, right. it, with our more charismatic brothers and sisters, uh, Pentecostals, th- they they have a much more heightened understanding of that upon experience, and then they would liken it, you know, that you could speak in tongues and all of these other, you know, the gifts of the spirit, and then our cessationists. Brothers and sisters, Baptists and what have you, who who believe that, you know, essentially the the gifts of the Spirit stopped with the formation of the New Testament roughly in the three hundreds, they they would say, No, you know, the Holy Spirit upon you is just the moment you receive Christ as as Savior. So there's no subsequent, you know, empowering, you don't, you're not going to be speaking in tongues and all of these type of things. So that's why the Calvary position, Luke, as you're aware of. It's kind of that balance. It's balancing these two out. It's not saying um, that the Holy Spirit s- stopped working. You know, he's he's continually working. And Calvaries historically have said we believe in what are called the perpetuous spiritual gifts, that the gifts are still working today. Therefore, we have to stand firm that the Holy Spirit is still leading and and using, right. you know, believers as witnesses in the world. And then there's that special endowment. Um, that, you know, maybe a a, a greater awareness or just, you know, the wonderment of watching the Holy Spirit work. Uh, You know, it's really hard to put your thumb on it, but different people have tried, you know, different things. So that's, that's the big picture. Why don't you weigh in now?
0: I love what you ended with right there, Brian, because it's exactly what Jesus says, right? He said, you can hear the sound of the wind, but you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going you can just understand the effects of it. And so, Mm -hmm. so much of the quantification of the work of the Spirit in the life of the believer, or even the work of the Spirit in the world, is something that people generally have a difficult time in perceiving. Right, right. And a lot of things get attributed to the Spirit that are manufactured humanly, Mm -hmm. and some things that the Spirit does get attributed to people when they shouldn't be. And so, there's this tough balance. But to the question, particularly the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to take that question. I'm going to look at a little bit more closely. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit in particular, from a theological perspective, is the immersion. Mm -hmm. The word baptism means immersion. We're not talking about rentidzo. We're talking about baptizo, where it's the immersion or to place under entirely. And the work of the Spirit in baptism is when the person who, as an unbeliever, comes to Jesus and says, I need to be saved. The Holy Spirit, if you can picture this in your mind's eye, takes that person and immerses them into mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And there is a permanent union that is formed at that point. This is not the colloquial understanding of it, but the biblical definition, the The baptism of the Holy Spirit is that moment in time where you become one with Christ mm-hmm through the Holy Spirit indwelling you. And what mm-hmm. you said about the prepositions is exactly spot on because he leads us up to that point. Some people never take that next step and they never go to the in preposition. They remain unbelievers despite the conviction of the Spirit. But for those who are, when Paul says we are in Christ, he's referring to that unique union that exists only for believers in Christ. And so this is, you know, when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the mistake often comes in terminology where there are certain groups, as we've discussed, Mm -hmm. as Brian has laid out so nicely, where the experience at the point of salvation is sometimes considered to be necessary for salvation. And a lot of the sign gifts and things like that that are associated with some of our uh, Pentecostal brothers and sisters, they're saying that if you don't have that particular experience, then you weren't ever really baptized by the Spirit. But they're they're not speaking of it in the theologically correct manner, mm-hmm. because they're not saying it's something that's indicative to what's happening to you in reference to your position in Christ, but rather an external manifestation of something that the Spirit is doing invisibly. Right. And, and so I, I want to look at that nuance within the question and say, well, when we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, regardless, unfortunately, for us not being able to dig into more of what the questioner may have wanted. Those are the terms, as, as I understand them, the, the open signage that appears to accompany certain spiritual experiences and then the theological reality of what actually happens may or may not be the same thing. And unfortunately, many people are taught to manufacture the external signs without having the internal reality. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. some people who have the internal reality Quash the external signs that may or may not ever get to the point where some of our more extreme uh, yeah. counterparts take them.
1: Yeah, and and as we've pointed out, there is divergence of views within the body of Christ. You know, let's be honest, Luke. Uh, the person and work of the Holy Spirit scares the lights out of some people. They don't <laughs> don't true. don't talk anything about the Holy Spirit, and then with other people. It, they, they really, that's all they see, that's all they see and then it's abused. Yeah. And they, they, they go to, uh, unscriptural points in their Christian experience that are just not biblical. And so they're manufactured as, as you, you point out, they're external. And I think what, what we have to do as Christians as Bible believing Christians is go to the text, you know, f- right. go to the text and, you know, let the text lead. And obviously we don't have time in a half-hour program to unpack. <laughs> our and, constant refrain. Yeah, our constant <laughs> refrain. You know, if this was a three-hour broadcast, we could give you a whole systematic theology on some of this. But, you know, something as simple as like First Corinthians 12 and 13, where, right. you know, it's discussed about the, the gifts. And, and there Paul actually says, for we were all baptized into one spirit. So that is the moment. I think where Paul's referring to what yeah. we would call justification. We we were baptized into the Spirit by believing in Christ. And that is what I call the in experience, that preposition of in, where the Holy Spirit comes and he takes yes. up residence in us. You know, it's kind of a different little side uh, side um, subject. But, you know, I believe, you know, I've heard it, you know, different people ask, are you a trichotomist or a dichotomist? <laughs> you know, and... And I believe all people are dichotomous. You know, they consist of body and mind or, you know, but Christians in the truest sense are trichotomous because at the moment they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in our life. And as you said, permanently seals that relationship between humans and God. So in a sense, Christians are trichotomous. You know, we, we we have a tripartite nature because the Holy Spirit's living it. So Paul, in that, um, that one uh, uh, reference there, baptized by one spirit into one body, that is talking about salvation, you know, that inexperience. But then he goes on to talk about the gifts and the manifestation of the gifts. And I think at times you could see the working of those gifts as being the upon experience where you're given that special endowment, that special gifting to be the witness in the world for what the Lord has gifted you to be. So I think, again, with, he's wooing us. He's calling us. We receive Christ. He comes in us. And then he's upon us and that he's gifted us, he's endowed us to be a witness in the world for that boldness and to work for the edification of the body with the gifting he's been given to us. So in a way, again, I've already said this, it's it's hard to put our finger on because some people would go, well, really, you're just describing the same Holy Spirit and he's working and he's doing stuff. Yeah, he's in us and he's upon us, but it's really determining and seeing what the Lord, what spiritual gift the Lord has given you.
0: Right. I, I, I like that. And I, I think that it, again, it, it peels back another layer of the onion. Again, we only have a time to take a few peels, but um, I would say that the gifting of the Spirit, as is often mentioned, versus what we find in descriptions like in Ephesians 4, where it right. says, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. This is where additional confusion can come in. Mm -hmm. Because there's, as we call, or colloquially, as we say, the sign gifts, these are the external manifestations, and then there are spiritual offices and spiritual endowments that are things that might never manifest themselves in the same way that a sign gift might. Mm -hmm. So this would be things like he gave some pastors and apostles, teachers, etc. So all of these different gifts or spiritual offices are mentioned there initially, and they seem to be the leadership gifts. And then in Romans 12, as you know, Brian, he goes into the various parts of the body and how they interrelate with one another. And those are not really sensationalized gifts. Those are mechanically necessary for what the body of Christ is and is to become. I'd say that many cessationists would have no problem with that aspect of it, the mechanical things that Every person is given at least one of at the moment Mm -hmm. of salvation. It's the controversy about the external gifts and what role they are to play today, which often, again, get tangled up with the idea of the baptism of the Spirit. So everybody who's baptized by the Spirit will have a spiritual gift, but not every spiritual gift manifests itself externally in the same way that any other gift might yeah. and some external manifestations are not indicative of a spiritual gift at all and that's right. where the the tough
1: part came Yeah and I think Calvary's generally would disagree with cessationists to say right. oh we 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 don't believe that the the gifts ceased at, with the formation of scripture but we surely wouldn't agree with pentecostals in right. that you know in the you know the hyperuse and specifically the overemphasis on tongues so Calvary's would say that the upon experience is working within your spiritual gift and to be a witness and a bold witness in, within that world. You know, I, again, I mentioned 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Hmm. So again, we just mentioned that as a believer, you know, you, you have the Holy Spirit, He's in you, you are baptized by the Holy Spirit. So he's given to all believers you know, who have received that, but then it's for the profit of all. So how are you using, how are you being a witness and how are you being in doubt or how is the Holy Spirit upon you and how are you manifesting those? So the manifestation of the Spirit is given to one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, another gift of healings by the same Spirit the working of miracles prophecy discerning of spirits different tongues interpretation of tongues and, and so on and so forth and as you pointed out there's different lists elsewhere in scripture but the point is what we get what we seem to indicate from the text is we're all baptized with the holy spirit yes. that's the in part we're we're we are now in you know as you so eloquently pointed out we're now in Christ But how is it being manifested in and through our life, and that's the upon that we're allowing the Holy Spirit to use us within the gifting He's given us to be the witness, you know, in the world that He would have us to be. And as we we said earlier, Luke, so many people are afraid of the Holy Spirit, right? You know, even though you know all the great church creeds and councils, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all of this but when it comes to the personal work of holy spirit everyone just wants to go mute because they're kind of you know scared of of oh, I don't want to be like that guy but I don't see it that way I see it as an exciting adventure of like lord you know when when I when I became a christian and I really began to start understanding that I'm saying lord just give me whatever you want you know yeah. uh, use me come upon me to use whatever gifting it, it may be. And I think, you know, if I were to look at this list, obviously, I think both of us, you know, would say teaching, you know, th- this mm-hmm. idea of, of I guess I could say administration or something else of that nature, which is from a different list. But the, the idea is that we should be working with the Holy Spirit for our witness in the world. And that's how I have understood the special endowment of a pawn that I am like, Lord, whatever you're going to give me, whatever that spiritual gift is, endow me with it. Use me. Come upon me. Let me use that. Let me be a blessing to the body because I'm baptized. The Holy Spirit's in me. But now, now, according to Paul, but the manifestation of the Spirit is each one for the profit of all. How am I allowing the Holy Spirit to work through me, to bless and to be a witness to all?
0: I think it's a great call out, Brian, because even though we may have been given different giftings, they are ineffective entirely without the agent who gave us the gift in the first Mm -hmm. place, the Holy Spirit. So we may have skills and talents, all of which are needing to be surrendered entirely to the Lord and through which the Lord can work. But that's a slightly different thing than what we've been discussing. and, And that is that there are unique spiritual properties that each of us possess at the time of salvation, I was speaking to a group about this particularly, and you're familiar with the Maserati vehicle, yeah, yep, Italian I am. sports mm-hmm. car.
1: And a lot of times, I have one, Luke. Just <laughs> kidding, I I don't. I drive a beat up old truck, just, and that's true. I drive a beat up old truck, fading paint and all of that.
0: <laughs> I've seen a couple of them around town. Yeah,
1: actually. I have. I have too.
0: But their claim to fame basically was a very particular. Set of chassis. Their their father and son, they worked together, brothers and whatnot, when they first began the company and they built some really successful Mm -hmm. racing engines. And then here's the interesting thing that you don't really see so much in America, but it was a big thing in Italy at the time and still is for some shops. And what they would do, they had these places called carriage houses Mm -hmm. or coach houses. And they would keep the same chassis underneath and then they would each build these different groups, they would each build their own take on what the external body should look like. Right. And so you have the same model number of vehicle and the same underlying chassis for this Maserati, but the appearance can be completely different, shockingly different. Right. And it was one of their calling cards was the diversity, but the performance remained the same. And I I used that as an analogy for how the spirit works through us is that we may all have the underlying chassis that's the same that's the spirit but the way that the spiritual gift say for instance if i possess the spiritual gift of teaching you possess the spiritual gift of teaching but the way the spirit uses that through us presents a unique representation of him through us and that's the exciting part about it so we're coming to the end of the show here already, but to answer the question as definitively as we can, we've talked about what the baptism of the Spirit is. The question was, what is it? So we've we've tried to answer that, and we've also said there's a lot of people who have different answers, and we've talked about why. But then... The last part of that question was, is it for today? And I would say in reference to the theological reality that happens when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and the Spirit comes to dwell within you and brings you into union with Christ, absolutely. That is not just for today. It's always been since the beginning of the church at Pentecost where the Spirit was Mm -hmm. given that opportunity to come in and dwell us. And it remains and will be that way until the end of all of this.
1: And let me just say one one thing. I know we're, we're wrapping things up. We, we've talked about, you know, the upon experience of the perpetuous spiritual gifts. So these, these endowed gifts that the Holy Spirit gives um, each believer. And those are found in Romans 12, Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. So there's different references to these different gifts. But we do need to point out, Luke, that the fruit of the Spirit is for all Christians. It's not a specific gift. So when Paul in Galatians is telling us about the fruit of the Spirit of love, peace, patience, kindness, and so on and so forth, that's those... Are what the Holy Spirit is working in all believers. It's not a specific gift that you're endowed with that you need to be a witness in the world use, you know, for that gift. But all Christians have the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working in us through love, through patience, through joy, and all of these fruits. So I just wanted to throw that in passing because there is a difference between the gifts and a difference between the fruit. Fruit is for every believer who's had that inward reality, you know, change in their heart. The gifts is that upon experience where you are endowed with a specific gift to go out into the world and be a witness for the manifestation for all.
0: No, it's such a great call out, Brian, and to realize the gifting and the fruit are different things. The fruit really is the truest manifestation of the nature of Christ within mm-hmm. us. That's right. It's the new man. though The right. outer man perishes the new man. And this is only something that comes about. It's not a list of things that you check. I was kind today. I was gracious today. I was long. stuff. So. it's something that is supernaturally evoked. And it's the version of those things that we understand on a human level It's the God version of those things, the supernatural version of kindness, the supernatural version of peace, things Mm -hmm. that cannot be emulated by human behavior that come to fruition through us.
1: Right. It's the Holy Spirit conforming us into the image of Christ. It's aligning Christ's will with our will by the work of the Holy Spirit. Again, so that's the fruit. But we've got to make sure that our listeners understand that the fruit and the gifts are separate. Again, Had we had more time, we could unpack it. But that's all I have to say about that question.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's been a great discussion, and time has flown by as it normally does when we're having fun. And we always have fun when we're answering the questions, even if we don't get to talk about all of it. But lastly, is it for today? Yes, it's for today. Is it still happening? Yes, it's still happening. And it's something that all of us have a part in as a body to be able to see that happen in other people's lives and bring it to fruition there. That being said, we've come to the end of this question for. 30 minutes worth, right? but there is much more to be said and much more to be known about this. And I encourage each of you to step into the Bible. That's your best source for this. And if you have additional questions, by all means, reach out to us. We're at calvary.college at calvaryabq.org. calvary.college at calvaryabq.org. Don't forget to write to us. And once again, God bless you and thank you for listening.